know, I talked a lot about power, and there's a, there's a lot of power that we have. But one of the things that occurred to me the other day, we have power over our money. And I didn't bring you up here to ask you for a lot of money to make, you know, or that. But I want you to understand that it's one of the powers that God has given us to defeat the world system. And we've learned that through our lives. We've learned that as we sowed and set our faith with that sowing, that the devil cannot stop the increase. Thank God. Thank God. Let's go before the Lord. Lord, we're thankful to be here. We're thankful, Lord, to have your word here. We're thankful that we live in a, in a free nation, Father, where we can open up the word of God and we can, we can read this out loud in public places and private places and ever, everywhere else, Father. You've given us an awesome nation. You've given us uh, awesome friends and brothers and sisters in the Lord. You've given us so much, each one of us. You've given us so much of an abundance. So, Father, I want to thank you for all that abundance of everything. The, the love you've shared with us and, and shared abroad uh, through our hearts, Lord, to others. So thank you for this time. I just thank you, Lord, that we've set our faith together for a good meeting today, one that the Word of God will come forth with strength, with power, and, and, and penetrate each one of our hearts and give us new, new inspiration, Father, on the direction you had for us. So thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit ministering to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody agreed? Say amen. amen. Revert back a little bit to Genesis. I won't spend a lot of time on that one. Just in Genesis 2. And 2.15, and of course we know the creation and so, so on and so forth. But, it, but then it says in verse 15, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. But keeping it meant he was to guard that garden. That was his job. And as we've said in the past, what was he guarding it from? You know, he just represented the, the Most High, the creator of the whole earth. He's been placed there uh, with all that power and anointing, all the, all the intuitive knowledge of God. He had a brain that he could name all the animals, all the birds, all the fishes. And yet, God said, guard the garden. Well, when you're set to guard something, what does that mean? It means there's an enemy out there that wants in the same place. Well, we'll skip forward here, but, but there's a relevance in this in all of our lives. There's a relevance of something that God has given us to guard. Now, we've talked some about our souls. Be careful what we hear in Mark 4. We, we've talked about our families, our wives, our marriages. But you know also, we have an area we live in. We have a city, we have a county, we have states, we've got a, a national government, and, uh, <laughs> and it's like, that's all part of ours. You know, somehow in this, uh, in this particular age, it's like somehow we think the government owns everything. This isn't a political speech, by the way, but you could apply it. But they don't. This is our garden. Say, it's my garden. See, it is my garden. Say it again. It's my garden. This nation is my garden. So what am I going to do with my garden? Well, there's a lot of things we can do with it, but the, uh, if we keep going here, I, I just thought about this. There's, there's basically three states, and I, I couldn't really come up with the name that I wanted, but it's like a state of mind or a, a state of 
motivation or, or unmotivation, but there's basically three that I thought of. The first one's apathy. And you all know what apathy is, uh, but I'll talk about it more. The second place is fear. We can live in apathy, we can live in fear. But somewhere in between that, there's faith. And you know, people talk about our nation, or they talk about Christians, they talk about everything, they say, well, they're an apathetic bunch. Well, some are, but I'm not. Some are full of fear, and you know, God deals with fear a lot. It basically... Uh, if you want to get into Revelation, it said the fear won't inherit the kingdom fearful. Well, we won't beat, browbeat people right now. But there's three, two places right there that have no, no, no place. The apathetic, let me, I just for the fun of it, I looked up that word. What does apathy mean? Well, it means indifference, insensitivity, lethargy, aloofness, coldness, unconcern, unresponsive, coolness, detachment, disinterest, dispassion, disregard, dullness, emotionless, heedless, blah, 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 all kinds of things. What's the antonym? It's interest. It's care or caring, concern, feeling, passion, sensitivity, sympathy, warmth, all kinds of things. There's a serious difference. Well, if you're in that antonym area, uh, obviously uh, you're you're in the right place. You, you're ready to do something, right? So, in thinking about that, you know, in James one twelve, in the King James, it says, "For as many as received them, to them he gave the power to be the sons of God." Now, that word power in the New King James, it'll say right privilege it says all kind of things now you could take that two different ways obviously there's a power of of being born again where you go from dark to light just by calling on the name of the lord right but there's another thing there why would god want us to have power question what what's what's the power all about why did he make it a big deal to give it to us it must mean that he had an action for us. Now let's go to Colossians 1 and we'll kick it off right there and we'll kind of walk our way through a few things here. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians 1. If you don't have your Bible, shame on you. Colossians 1, and let's just go ahead here. We'll, we'll start a little bit of advance in this. Uh, maybe, maybe verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as also in all the world, bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. In verse 8, who also declared to us, well, he's, in verse 7, he says, And you also learned from uh, Paphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So, in verse 9, for this reason, for what reason? For the reason of the love in the Spirit, for this reason, we've been... He's found his people to be walking in love in the Spirit. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask you. Now, when I read this thing, I look at it like this. 
A lot of times we want to know what God's will in the matter. You know, a lot of people pray, well, if God, if it's God's will, and of course sometimes they're totally unscriptural. They're praying for things that we, in the known will. Uh, in this case, Paul is praying God's will for you. And he says, I ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful. Everybody say fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, here's the next one. Verse 11, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light. Who qualified us for this? He did. What are we qualified for? What does he want? He wants you strengthened with might. What in the world is might? When I think of might, I think of Samson. With all that power that he had, spirit of might would come on Samson. Samson in the natural, remember the story, I don't have to go back to read that, most of you know that. In the natural, he wasn't that strong. But when the spirit of might would come on him, what could he do? Well, I won't go back and read all that, but there was no match, <laughs> no human match for that guy or demon match or anything else. And in his final act, he pushed apart a couple of columns that, that, that dropped the stadium and thousands of people perished. That's that same spirit. God wants his people to have that might. He wants you to have that spirit of might coming on you. When he releases power to you to do things, whether it be uh, praying for somebody, praying for your neighbor, maybe uh, taking authority over things that are going on, or if it's this nation, where you live, where we are, what we are. If he wants us to, to get involved in this thing, guess what? The power's going to be there for us, and that spirit of might will come on us. You know, I remember uh, an old cowboy that these kids met here a while back, won't mention his name, but I remember him years ago. I've known him so long. And he was kind of a fighter in his day, and kind of a, but he was a good guy. He was always a lot of fun, but he, he did a few fist fights here and there. But, you know, that's normal for a country boy. And I remember him telling a story one time. They were building a power line. You know, I, I go back a ways, uh, probably 1950, 51, 52, when they built a power line out there in the ranching country. So uh, we could have 110 volt finally. Well, anyway... Uh, few ranchers didn't like those poles going across their property you know they weren't thinking about well I'd like to have power but I don't think I care about my neighbor's power you know that's kind of the mindset so they're out there north I, I won't name too much so I because I don't want it's all right I don't want to go back to get anybody uh, incriminated in this deal but these two brothers they were mad about it well this friend of mine and his uh, friend and his brother big guy about the size of Greg here uh, maybe not quite that tall, but and a good guy. Well, these guys, I mean, these the guy Greg size and this other brother, they were just, I mean, they were just, they weren't going at it with fish yet, but it was pretty heated. Well, the other brother was sitting down here and he was getting really mouthy. You know, he was he was sitting down, but he was. I'm talking about the brother that didn't want the power line. 
he was really getting mouthy, really, really going after this deal. And, and this friend of mine, he said, you know, Gary, he said, I said to this guy, look, if you want in this fight, just stand up. Well, that sounded funny, but you know what? If we want in this fight today, what do we need to do? Stand up. And again, it's not all about politics. It's about guarding our gardens. What is ours? See, an apathetic person could care less. You know them. You've seen them. They don't even know what's going on. I mean, if, they, if somebody bombed New York City today, some of them wouldn't know because they're busy watching a, some kind of a sitcom on something. They wouldn't even know. How do I know this? Well, I, we have people we know that have no clue. But on the other side of the coin, the fearful. I mean, where are you going to go with fear when you're afraid of everything? God hasn't given us what? A spirit of fear? A lot of people know that scripture. But what has he given us? A spirit of power and love. That's a spirit, love and a sound mind. And that's a well-balanced mind. You know, you can think about things. You, you can make right decisions. So... A lot of people say, well, they didn't give me a spirit of fear. You know, they throw out there like, oh, you know, uh, banks after me now. And I don't have a spirit of fear. Well, good for you. But what he has given you is something else. He's given you something to replace it, right? Amen. Are we gaining any ground here? You say not yet. Well, I understand that. I thought about some other things, and, and there's tons of scriptures behind it. But I, I got to thinking along, this, along these lines you know, I believe everybody's gifted. There's a lot of gifts talked about. This isn't a, a day to teach on the motivational gifts, the spiritual gifts, uh, the five-fold ministry as it's called. Uh, that's a lot of stuff. And you know what? I don't care who you are. You've got some of those resident in your life. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. I can, I can, uh, I can see people operate and kind of know a little bit about their motivational gifts, which is uh, you know, simply something that's just in you that you just want to do, you know, with uh, my best example of a server is, is my wife, Sandy. My gosh, she's so gifted in that area. And it's not that she's just a good cook and, and the prettiest woman I could have ever married. Of course, that's part of it. But it's like she's got that ability to know what people's needs are. See, we all have some kind of a gift. The motivational part, they talk about giving, superintending, and, and all kind of things. They are specific gifts that each one of us have. Spiritual gifts come by. And it says the Lord wills, right? Holy Spirit. But he wants to. He's willing all the time for us to step into something and start meeting people's needs. And, and oddly enough, I, I believe deep, deep down that he also wants us to be a protector with these gifts over what he has given us. No secret at all for me that there's really two nations that God has called, Israel and America. It's proven out because of the fruit of it. Israel's his people. But America was here to support Israel, but also to take this gospel all over the world, right? Is that correct? So that's part of our garden. I want you to say this. I'm part of the body of Christ. Say that. In some ways, I am the body of Christ, right? Uh, it's our that's our, our relationship. We are in this fight if we want to be. 
If we don't want to be, then we, we aren't. <laughs> How profound is that? <laughs> so I've thought about that quite a bit, and I, I just encourage you, among other things, to sort out the gift that you really operate in. And, you know, a lot of times the, the way we've gone in America, and, and, you know, I don't make any excuses or apologies that Sandy and I have been very active in the business community. In business, we've, we've done whatever the Lord brought to us. But in that, and, and the, with, the, with the deepest part of me, I've never wanted to do anything but teach the Word of God since I got saved. But in spite of that, God has put us out there in the highways and the byways because that's where the people are. That's where the needs are. But also, there's, if, if that's part of the deal that motivates you, uh, he's going to prosper you out there. I mean, the, the quickest way to prosper with God is do what he's called you to do. And sometimes that's not so easy to figure it out. Honestly, it's not all that easy. But sometimes you really know or, or you know, I've, if, if you're like me, you've got friends out there that if you're, if, they'll tell you in a second where you fit. They just will because they watch you and they hear you and the fruit of where you're at comes out. I mean, it just comes out. So some things aren't so hard if we just let the Lord reveal it to us by our friends, by the Holy Spirit, and so on. Praise God. You know, another little thing I noticed is not little. How do I say this? There's a couple of different definitional things here that I think might help some people. Because I know there's a lot of confusion there. You know, the, the latest uh, deal on the horizon is the grace message. Well, you know, I don't have a problem with somebody having a new revelation or anything. Fine. I, I've, I've drawn, you draw from these things, and there's some new things come up, and we walk in them. But the truth of the matter is, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, to be blessed of God, you only had to do one thing. Well, you had to do two things. Stay out of sin which included keeping him first place, and tithe. If you do those two things, you had it all. He'd protect you. He'd kill your enemies if he had to. He'd smite them, get them out of there if they're on your thing. He'd bless you financially if you just simply did the tithe that he said. That's all you had to do. Today, get, people get confused. They, they think, well, uh, you know, if I'm not getting this or... If I'm sick or that, it must be sin in my life. But that may not be the case. That was the case for the Jews. You can check me out on this. You can study that out. But that's really all they had to do, stay out of sin. Wouldn't that be easy today? If we just say, well, we'll just stay out of sin. We'll put some money in the offering or send it to whoever. And that's all we have to do. We'll be really blessed. Well, that's a real apathetic statement in the New Testament. That's really apathetic. That's like parking yourself over here and say, I don't want to do anything for God. I just, I just won't sin anymore, and I've probably been pretty darn good anyway, right? Heck, there's no sin in my life. How come, how come my bank account is overdrawn? <laughs> you know, I won't mess with that too far. But it's a, it's a difference. But in the New Testament, we have some tools. And you'd know these tools. I mean, you can call them what you want. We have the Word of God, right? That's where the power and strength that comes from. We've got the blood that was shed for us to make us into a the pull us into the righteousness we're righteous because of the blood 
right standing with God. We don't have to beg his attendance. Uh, he puts us over there in right standing with him right away. The name of Jesus, the, the powerful name of Jesus, a name that's been named that's above every name. What are you going to do with that name? Get active with it. If it's got power in it, you should be using that name. If you don't like what's going on in Washington, D.C., you should be talking to it. Do you know that, that we haven't talked a lot about demon powers right now, but Jesus said, I give you power over demons and diseases, did he not? And yet we let things like this, this tangled up mess we have in our nation walk all over us. We're... People are apathetic about it. Well, who cares? You know, I don't think I'll even vote this next time. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or they're afraid to speak up. If we say something, it might be politically incorrect. And somebody might be mad at us. Or maybe the government will come and knock on our door and say, you can't talk that way. That's fear. He told us in Isaiah, he told us not to fear. Refuse to fear. Get that fear mess out of there. The other thing he's given us, the Holy Spirit. Why did he send the Holy Spirit? Basically, he said he, he was sending a helper, right? To lead us, guide us, teach us, show us things to come. I mean, it's like, man, the Holy Spirit knows everything, and he wants to impart that right here, but he wants that to come back out in the form of, I'm going to say, action. You know, action isn't all the same. I mean, being around the, being around the Chris, Christian community, I, I mean, there's some really good people out there, really powerful, uh, but there's a lot that just laying back. And I mean, there's no fruit in religion. Don't we know that? Jesus really tried to get that across to it. There's no fruit in that. There's no power in it. People get lulled off somewhere. I don't know, but that's not me and it's not you or you wouldn't be up here today in this beautiful, most beautiful ambience places that I've ever thought of seeing or being in. Praise God. Well, we've talked about a couple of scriptures here recently, and I don't necessarily have to turn to them. And it, did we come to get fed? Yes. Did we come to get inspired? Yes. Did we come to get some action ideas? Yes. See, I can't tell you your action, but the Holy Spirit can. You remember, I was in Colossians here a minute, and I, back here in that first chapter, when he said, who also declared us your love in the spirit, I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about that love in the spirit. And I did some research and I know I'm not satisfied. I still came up with the answer on what he meant by in the spirit. We'd assume that means in the Holy Spirit, but as I speak today, I'm not confident that I actually know what he meant, but it, it's got to do with participating in this thing we call the spirit realm. What is the spirit realm for us? Well, we are spirits, are we not? God's a spirit, Jesus is a spirit, Holy Spirit's a spirit. So it's like, to me, it's like we're participating. We might even be in this conference, right? And you know, when you pray in the spirit, it's like that's where you are. You're drawn on something besides yourself. In other words, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but it's that, it's that power that comes up when you pray in the Spirit. 
it's kind of like a, there's a proverb there. And I don't know what it is. Go back there, but it talks about it talks about the pump. You know, it talks about pumping it up. And and uh, I, if I could tell you the spirit of that right now, I'd, I'd I'd say I don't know what it is anymore. I just remember it really well because somebody gave that to me many years ago, and all of a sudden I realized the Holy Spirit. When I get born again, the Holy Spirit comes in, and all of a sudden has a communication with my human spirit. And then the job from then is to get that from down here, that human spirit, up to our mind. So we can say, what did I just hear? Well, the amazing thing about it is every answer that we could ever want or every inspiration or everything we have, we got a hotline. The Bible says the entire Godhead lives bodily in us, doesn't it? I mean, it says that. So, I mean, right here, right here is the most, all the power of the universe more power than the devil could ever think of having. So why are we ever afraid of him? Why are we afraid of the public? Why are we afraid of these, these people out here that, that are trying to denounce uh, Christianity? You know, all, all these recent uh, laws that are, uh, not, not laws or Supreme Court, something or other, uh, doing whatever, forcing things on us. But they want us to be fearful. They want to take away our rights as Christians. They want to, you know, they'd like to have us in the basement down here with the doors closed. But if, and if Christians don't rise up with some kind of an idea we have a responsibility, that's what will happen. But see, there's enough power. I mean, you know, part of the vision that Sandy and I have is I believe starting here, I believe God brought us to this majestic home supernaturally placed us here on this particular property to reach the nation is that is that crazy to say that but see it's down inside you there's something down inside you that, and that's why you're here you know I mean you could just say well I'm just going to go hang it up and put my feet in the water and watch for lily pads because that's what heaven's going to be or you could say, no, I have a responsibility. And in fact, there's something about stepping into that responsibility, that, that place that God has for you. There's something about it that just brings a lot of joy and satisfaction. It does to me anyway. I've waited for years for an opportunity just to just put out this word that's just been boiling in me for years. I mean, honestly, it's like, it's like you don't study up someday and write a sermon. It's like that word goes in you and in you and in you. And you say, is this ever going to be an opportunity to share this with others? I, maybe I'm just talking to myself, right? Am I talking to myself? No. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But anyway, remember uh, last week we talked about it. Uh, first of all, in Romans 8, he said that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I'm not turning there, but you can. We're more than conquerors. But also, he said, he always causes us to triumph. But what does it mean to conquer and triumph? Just a nice little scripture to defend yourself against, you know, somebody that doesn't like you and they say bad things. Is that what it's all about? Triumph means victory over something. If there's, that means a victory over an enemy to your life, to your family, to your nation, whatever it is. He causes us to triumph. Now, what does this really mean, Greg? It means if you're willing to fight, stand up. 
Hey, do you realize all this power that we're talking about? Do you realize that all power, all heaven is behind you when you step up to the plate? I'm serious. It's all there. That's why he gave it to us. I mean, Paul told us, oh, taught, us enough, taught us so much. Well, let's go here one more. Let's turn to 1 John 5. Familiar scripture to many of you. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That word confidence really means fearless confidence. Fearless confidence. A fearless confidence. That we have that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and verse 15 and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have this but the petitions that we've asked of him just think about that in light of what we've talked about today just think of that boldness that fearless confidence to go there and say god there's things aren't right around here he knows for the conditions. We don't have to put out all kind of things to the Lord to tell him how bad it is. But we stand there and say, Lord, I'm here to change this. I volunteer to step into my calling right now to change. If it's just a matter of igniting the body of Christ, trying to get the, the apathy out of there, fine. If it's a matter of helping people get out of that fear so they're worth something, hey, let's do that. If it's a matter of going after uh, politicians, you know, I, I couldn't help but think, uh, you know, these thoughts come when you're praying in the spirit and you're, you're, you're going for it. I couldn't help but think of the money changers. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember where it was. And it's over there in, in Matthew 21. It talks about these money changers. Well, anyway, he was pretty upset, right? And starting in verse 11, if you're turning there, 21, Matthew 21. Let's just say 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. I, I, I saw this in a different way. I thought, good Lord, these people, you talk about money changers. That's our government. That's our elected politicians right now. They go up there, they want all our money, and they want to go do something with it. Give it to the enemy, right? Billions to the people that want to kill us. That's money changers. And in the Christian realm, a lot of preachers, they're after your money too. Well, I, I won't comment about that money, but I, I mean, some of them are going after this. They want to convince you there's a hundredfold return, and if you give them right now, there's ten people here that are supposed to give me a hundred. If, if you do, you'll have millions of dollars next week. Well, that's a money changer too. But the one I really detest are these elected officials that require our money. They don't give you a choice. This, I don't know if you call this political or not. In our own state of South Dakota, this spring, governor wanted another $50 million. He, he takes the people he could get to back him and they threw a new tax at the state of South Dakota through our license plate fees and some other things. 50 million bucks do we have a choice well not in the natural well again i suppose i got a little political right now but guess what we need to stand up for these things the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much we can be in this fight 
Well, we have to care enough even to pray, <laughs> right? Praise God. Well, anyway, I've probably gone far enough with all that, but I want you to uh, really think about that. Paul said in Ephesians 6, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I just keep knowing that God wants that spirit of might in his people. And it's so simple, really. The simple of staying in the word and those things is what I've learned in my walk. I don't know everything everybody else does. But what has been given to me in Revelation is the area that he wanted me to come forth in. You know what I mean? It's like, keep wondering, why does this area, uh, why do the revelations kind of come out of these areas? Well, it's like God is preparing you. You can tell you're calling a lot of times if you're spending a word every day and you start seeing things. You, you, start, you start seeing the flow there over a period of months and years. You see, well, he's really put a lot in me over this particular realm. He's prepared us. Colossians, it said he's qualified us, right? Well, we're qualified by the blood, but we're also qualified for what he's called us to do. It's kind of neat, really. We don't have to stress and strain a lot of times. It should be right there, obvious. But it takes time. God is, you know, it doesn't, you don't get a bachelor's degree in college in 15 minutes. It takes, takes some time. Uh, you don't get a PhD in two seconds, you know. Same with the Word of God. It takes time to build you to build your character and you make decisions along the way. How far do I want to go with this? What, you know, what is really, uh, what is my focus here? Well, sometimes we just, I mean, I was very frustrated one time and had a guy call me on the phone that he just said some simple things. He says, you know, he said, Gary, he said right now, God just wants you to enjoy your surroundings. Well, at that time, that was, that was what I needed. I needed to calm down. <laughs> I needed to get some peace. And that's pretty much what I wanted to share today. Uh, there's, there's always more, but, but the, the thought, the final thought to me is, there's always room at the top. How many ever heard that in a sales meeting? Or, but there's always room at the top. You know, when I think about, I, I could tell stories about. I'll tell a story. Sandy and I had gotten saved. We'd been doing a lot of Bible studies around the Black Hills and had some really good things happen but uh, towards the end of the 80s we knew that the Lord wanted us to move on we'd had some success in marketing but he wanted us to move on and a year before we left I'm, I'm, I, I'm a pilot everybody knows pretty much people know me know I'm a pilot but I had been called by a gentleman up in Canada to come up he bought a spray operation at cut bank Montana and wanted me to come up needed a pilot for a few days so I remember that so clearly uh, I had at that time you could fly to Salt Lake and then Salt Lake you could fly up to Great Falls whatever well I'm out of uh, I'm really seeking the Lord because we were pretty miserable at the time because we we knew we were in the wrong place but we didn't know what I mean I, we had a church we pioneered and so I'm, I'm about 30 minutes out of that flight out of Salt Lake and I felt this familiar, I want to speak to you. So with me, it may not be you, but for me, when the Lord wants to speak to me, I write it down as it comes. And he's told me at that time that California, I can still see the words, California is a, is a 
is a place you'll soon visit and you'll greatly prosper there. Well, at that time, Sandy and I were really struggling. We, we owned too much property and we owed too much money and we were upside down. Ministry was struggling because of it because we just weren't ready for whatever we tied into. Anyway, same thing was repeated a, about a month later because I went back up. The Lord spoke to me again and I said, yeah, right. I'd, I wouldn't go to California if my life depended on it. You know, this is nuts, but I'll write it down and date it anyway. <laughs> you know, that's how it is. In, in 80, 1987, we went to California broke we were broke and broken and every everything else we get out there here we are we're south dakota bumpkins grew up on that cattle ranch out there somewhere sandy came from a farm in Vail. you know we've been around some but here we are in this land of 30 million people and we get in this kind of a marketing thing and the door opened up and i'd do anything to feed my family and uh it was legal anyway all of a sudden, I tore into that just like I was thought I knew what I was doing. You know what I found out in a short period of time? God blessed me in that 30 million people astoundingly, and it was a national company, and it was only a short period of time till about a year and a half, and we were in the top bunch of that whole bunch, speaking in all kinds of cities. You know what it tells me today? You got something in your heart. You got a, something going on in your heart. Don't let the devil limit you. There's a vision that he puts in us. And sometimes, well, that's too big. Somebody else will have to do that one. No. If there's something down in your heart, age is immaterial. I'm not going to look at Harlan when I say that. Age is immaterial. Where you're at is immaterial. God can get you where he needs you in a flash. And what this, today, today, this is to arm you with some strength and the boldness and realize we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We're more than conquerors. We have strength for all things through Christ who strengthens us. He wants us to triumph. He wants us to be the winners no matter what we're involved with. And guess what? The harvest will be great. Because guess what? You, you have an interest in souls, which I assume you do, hope you do. People want to follow somebody that's got some vision. They follow people with strength. They're tired of this other stuff. There's a lot of people out there right today. They just need just that one ounce of courage that you can give them and that strength to rise up and do something different. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Lord, we are thankful for your word. I thank you, Father, for reaching out in the dimensions, Father, of people's hearts, Lord, in those places, Lord. I thank you for reaching out to those hearts, Father, digging into those hearts and revealing yourself to them in such a great way, Father, that great inspiration and that great confidence. This is the confidence that I have in you, Lord. This is the, the confidence, Lord, that I have in you. That if I go find your will in the matter, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, speak with new tongues, if I have the confidence, Lord, to bring that to your that you will cause that to happen 
in my life, in these people's lives, in, in lives around them, Father. And I stand before you, Father. I don't know all the things in the future, but, Lord, we stand together and say amen if you agree for a great harvest, Father, of people that are willing to stand up and do something, Lord, for you, for the kingdom, for the nation, for their families. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And those in agreement said amen. amen.